Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We ask the spirits of, of the ancestors of the Ghanaian people to come, come down to this, this radio interview and to give us wisdom so that when we deliver our message about the work that we do in Ghana, that they, the spirits of the ancestors will be the ones guiding us. This is a traditional thing done following the prayer when we open any meeting in the country where we work. And we always know when the, the faith of the fathers and the wisdom of the ancestors is with us. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. And this is part two of a two-part series with B.L. and Dutch Meyer. They are uh, residents of Lafayette now, but have done mission work all over the world and uh, come most recently from Seattle. They're giving their hearts and their souls to, to, to God's work and, and work, been working here at St. Joseph's Diner. Welcome to the show. Thank well, you. Thank you. All right. Last week we featured Dutch, and th- today we're going to feature B.L. She's got a lot of stories to tell, but welcome to the show and tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. What can I tell you about myself? I was a businesswoman for many, many years, and in my final business, I was an importer of children's medical equipment that then could be custom modified so that we could accommodate children who were completely medically fragile. And we became interested in the work of helping kids wherever we could and started going on short mission trips uh, with other groups in order to distribute wheelchairs. Uh, From that, when I fully retired, we, as Dutch told you last week on the show, um, sold our house in Seattle, packed up, and moved for full-time work in Ghana in West Africa. And when and so was that a, I know it was a group decision, but but I know he Dutch had come back and he was moved. Uh, but did it take a lot of convincing? Was that his idea or both? Oh no, that was both. We had decided it when I was still working that uh, um, even after some of these short trips, that we saw the good that could be done by going for two to three weeks to a country and helping directly, and thought, what if we could go and stay somewhere for a significant amount of time? and also do the fundraising through a U.S. charity that would help us to go back year after year for anywhere from four months to ten months and put our feet on the ground and really really do the work side by side with the Ghanaians. That, that's just so amazing and incredible. Uh, we didn't touch on last week, but we, we need to certainly tell us just right out the chute, how can someone uh, contribute to y'all's ministries? Well, there is an easy way to, to donate. Uh, the name of our charity is Yeko Anim. This is, uh, as Dutch told you, means to make progress or to go forward. And we are on Facebook for those who like to do an online donation, and that's just at Y-E-K-O-A-N-I-M. There's where I post up pictures of the children and their stories of the children that we help. And we are very much in need of of donors and that is that way of donating you can do online or you can use a mailing address which we can also tell you at some point during the show and dutch is from louisiana originally but these guys why would you want to give and i'll give you a a huge uh, just there's a million reasons but they're out here at st joseph's diner now that they've become lafayette residents serving the community you know i mentioned last week dutch has had malaria and lost the use of his hands and he's out there at St. Joseph's Diner. They both are serving our people. 
you know, and the least we can do is give back to their ministry. They've done so much for Acadian and for our community, and uh, they are definitely honorary Cajun Catholics, and uh, <laughs> love you guys for that. And uh, so, Thank you. So I, I want Dutch to tell his story because we have a good Louisiana story connection, and then we'll let BL's going to have the rest of the time. But to tell your story about tell. Vietnam. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went to uh, Vietnam maybe three times, four times, delivering wheelchairs, and I had the opportunity to go to Milai. In during the Vietnam War, Milai was one of the places where atrocities took place. The Americans got a little carried away, and God, this is gonna sound awful. But anyway, they were killing the the villagers for revenge. And one of the helicopters landed, and this man from Port Allen, Louisiana, by the name of Thompson, got out. And he told his gunners to train the gunners on the Americans while he went and rescued one of the Vietnamese families out of their little house. Well, as I was, as I was hearing the stories, I started weeping, and this young lady took me into this room. And the first thing I saw there was a portrait of Thompson. They honor him for the work he did, even though he was the enemy. Then they took me into, she took me into this room filled with people. I was the only American there. And she kept giving me coffee because I was a basket case crying. At the end, she asked if I would write something in her memorial book, which I did. And then she asked if it would be all right to read it to the people. And I said, okay. She read it, and the people in unison got up, put their hands together, and bowed to me. It was uh, most humbling. And these types of things happen regularly uh, in our work. Where we think we're not doing much, we're doing an enormous thing that to to help people with nothing. I don't know. I don't know how to put yeah. that. <clears throat> you know, you guys, I can't help but think, I have a lot of guests on the show we've taped for three and a half years, and a lot of people like to come and, and quote scripture, talk about dogma and, you know, what we should do and how they pray and this and that. These guys are just doing it. You know, I haven't heard them quote any scripture since they've been on this show. And uh, and I know that they're, they're, they're very godly people, but they're just doing it. I mean, all, we all wish we could be like you guys. You, you guys are living the life where I think a lot of us are talking about it. But uh, BL, I'll let you take over from there. I want, do want to mention one of the turning points in their in their philanthropy was when I, he said she bought him a fiftieth birthday gift and sent him to Rwanda, which doesn't normally happen. Is that really how it happened? Yeah. Uh, yes, that's really how it happened. He wanted to. He wanted. He was so um, moved by what had happened during the genocide that he wanted to see it for himself. And when he went, he experienced all the horrific things that you see there. And when he returned, he said, we have to make the decision to turn our lives around completely when, when you retire. I'm going to retire now and start looking for other humanitarian missions to, to take part in. Yeah. Okay, so the rest of the times for BL, she's going to tell her story. It's so beautiful. And again, such an example for all of us in Acadiana to follow. We're so proud to have you all here. So take well, it over. Well, first, I want to give a, a big shout out for St. Joseph's Diner. Some of you may not know, you may have heard of it. Many of you probably have gone there and volunteered from time to time. But St. Joseph's Diner has been serving, with the exception of the closure during COVID, has been serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner to people who are experiencing hunger since 1983. 
It's an incredible organization, and when you go there to volunteer, you meet all kinds of people. That's how the connection has brought us onto this radio show, and we're very, very grateful for that. How did you, fi- you find them? What? How did you find them? We've, we, when we first moved to Lafayette, we were just looking for places to volunteer, and I don't know how we found it, but I'm you know, a great searcher on the Internet, and I found it and said, oh, they're looking for people to come down and help. I mean, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You, they need 10 volunteers per shift, and it's Love every it. day of the week. Love it. So we want to give that shout-out first, and now we'll talk a little bit about more about what we do in Africa. Last week, Dutch told you about getting malaria and having to have his um, parts of his hands amputated, his toes, um, some of the parasite removed from his brain. And that left us with, if we go back to Ghana, where can we put ourselves Where can we work effectively? And for many years, we have had the connection to a place called the Orthopedic Training Center. The director there has been working in Ghana for over 45 years. Sister, I'll I'll reveal, is going to be 80 on her next birthday. So she went when the Ghana mission opened for the School Sisters of Notre Dame. And she was one of the first five sisters to enter Ghana and start this great work. And... here is the thing that really got us. She's from New Orleans, Louisiana. What? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all got it, all kind of connections. There we are. It's just, it was, when when that came out and she and Dutch first became friends, we said, uh, that's where we're going to see if we can go and work. And that's where we are now. Um, for the entire time we stay, we still support projects in other in other towns, especially in Kwahutafo, but for... For now, most of what we do, when we raise through our U.S. charity, we then transfer to the projects of the Orthopedic Training Center. And here is a, a big why and, and what we're looking for right now in help. For 25 years, Sister had doctors from the U.K., from Germany, from Holland, flying in for a week at a time. They would request um, hospital privileges at our local hospitals, and they would perform surgeries of children that we had identified needing orthopedic surgery, sometimes, sometimes adults. And because of that, we needed to, we, we often had a, a low cost for us to, to assist with paying the hospital fees and so on. When the borders were closed for two full years and no visiting doctors came, you can imagine what we have had to do to raise money for children's surgery. So we're greatly looking to set up a fund called Children's Special Surgery and be able to not have to do that on a one-off basis every time a crisis comes up. So that is one of the things that if you should choose to donate to Yeko M, you can always indicate, I want this my donation to go into this new fund for special surgery. That would be a great help. But then what do you do with children when they are finished with surgery but are going to be nine or ten months in rehab? Well, you start a children's home, which Sister did many years ago. Once those children have to be there longer than three months, what is the next thing you have to think about? You have to have a school for them. So we have started a school, she has started a school there. How are you going to get things like braces, prosthetic limbs, and so forth made? And she, following the direction of the founder, Brother, brother um, Tarsisius, De Reuter from Holland, he, is, he was a divine word missionary. He started an orthopedic workshop 
over 60 years ago, and we are making the limbs, the braces, employing and creating jobs for over 70 people who work at the Orthopedic Training Center. Most of them, most of them themselves, uh, many, many of them have limbs made, mm. and yet they're working there. And yet they are working there. All right, t tell the geographically challenged people like me, how, how, where is Ghana? How do you get there? Okay. Uh, Ghana, you can fly uh, actually from New Orleans to New York or from New Orleans to Washington, D.C., and then directly into Accra, Ghana. And it's the capital, and where we're located is, um, it should be about a 45-minute drive from the city. However, the traffic <laughs> and the roads and so forth in Africa are not quite the same as they are here, and so sometimes that can take us several hours. More traffic mm -hmm. than less. Then no one would believe that, right? We think in Lafayette there's all kind of traffic, and you guys oh. know that's a joke, right? Well, yeah. to us, we, we just chuckle a little when the, <laughs> when the taxi drivers say, oh, my goodness, the traffic's terrible today. We go, oh, really? So <laughs> You're on a road. <laughs> So can you get an Uber or a taxi? Um, you, you can in the city, but not out where we are. Yeah, okay. Well, we can get a taxi, but that's another story. It's, it's unbelievable. But as over the, year, over the 60 years since the uh, inception uh, by Brother Tarsisius of the Orthopedic Training Center, and then the direction, when, when Brother died in 2014, Sister took over the director position, and has con we have continued to expand now including we have a daycare for children with cerebral palsy from the local area. We found that we have a high incidence of some of these uh, of cerebral palsy. This is children with no postural stability or no ability to walk. And another huge need of ours, and we are just about to accomplish, is we're getting, uh, we ship wheelchairs from another nonprofit called Hope Haven Ministries, which is located in Iowa. A wonderful, wonderful. A wonderful organization that we've worked with for years. They have the wheelchairs built by minimum security prisoners in the South Dakota prison system. They are adjustable for children with cerebral palsy, and they sell them to us at a, a very, very low rate. We then have to find enough of a donation to purchase a shipment of 65 wheelchairs at a time and Ship shipping Ship on a them. container. That's the hard part. And that is the hardest thing you could ever imagine. We have a shipment ready to go to Ghana that has been supported by a philanthropy in Ghana from the LDS church. Nice. And we are about to ship 65 wheelchairs this week. They will last us about a year, and we will have to do it again. Yeah, BL, I'm in the car business, and they, it's hard to get them shipped from Detroit to our dealership. You know, shipping is a huge problem right now. Yeah. So you, I want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Cajun Catholics, and today's guest is BL and Dutch Meyer, and they are from, they're part-time living in Ghana, and they're part-time living in Lafayette. How about that? And uh, so uh, how, did, how do you split that time? How, how, how much in, are you in Ghana? Right now we've been, uh, we, we came back in May from after a five-month stretch, and we're leaving in November, and we're, we're scheduled to stay four months. But if we're feeling really positive and that we could continue, we may stretch that to five months nice. or six months. That's how we, we play it. We do have a, always a return ticket, but each year as we get a little bit older, physically it becomes a little more challenging okay. to stay longer and longer. All right, I got a question. Like, what's your favorite Ghana food and what's your favorite Cajun food? 
Well, Dutch's favorite Ghana food, there's no question, is is the grilled tilapia, which oh, yeah. comes out of about of. Um, and when it's it's fixed quite simply with, but it will be basted with hot pepper, ginger, garlic, and then onions and peppers will be sliced on top of it. And I'm impressed. Yes, and for me, it's groundnut soup. Okay. This is a groundnut is our word for their word for peanut. It's it's a regular crop in Ghana. It's made into a paste, which becomes the basis of the soup, and then maybe a little bit of chicken is put in there or a little bit of, a little bit of pieces of fish but it has the most beautiful flavor and they do just like here in Louisiana they love their hot peppers they love a lot yeah, of garlic lot of pepper, yeah. and they love their love their garlic and your cajun food favorite my Cajun food favorite, absolutely crawfish etouffee. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Yes, that's a yes, yes, that's yes, yes. Okay, um, so I'm curious, like, tell us about the people in Ghana. Are they, are they spiritual people? What are they like? That's a really great question. Um, the people of Ghana are, uh, are very, very spiritual, and for the most part, they are Christian. Of course, we have a Muslim population as well, but there is no problem in their way of viewing their the various christian faiths and these include most of the mainstream churches um it also it also incorporates the the practices from the native religion from the the spirits and that's why at the beginning of this show i called on the spirit of the ancestors to come and be with us while we're having this interview because they don't find any conflict between being a Catholic, but also from time to time having a portion of anything done in the culture in the cultural tradition. Mm-hmm. So it's um, to say everyone fo- follows practices of faith or a religion of some sort is absolutely true. And the Orthopedic Training Center, which I've been talking to you about, is comes under the auspice of the National Catholic Health Service of Ghana. We are also under the Bishop of Kofori Dua, which is the capital of the eastern region where we're located in Enswam, Ghana. That's incredible. I mean, I'm just so inspired. And, and, and y'all's motto here, I'm looking, I love it. It's one who climbs a good tree always gets a push. I love that. Yeah. Let me, let, Dutch, can you say it out in, um, can you say it in? Kofori Dua Pa'a Na Yapia Wo. You can say that in the Chui language. That is, and we why we adopted Ye Koinim and that motto is that's that's very famous in Ghana. If you you trying to do, good. do if you're trying to do good, someone will come behind and push you up. That's awesome. I love that. Love that so much. All right. Well, BL, like how? I mean, what's on the for the future? Do you guys like one day at a time, or have y'all plotted all out the rest of, of what you what you plan to do with with this ministry? We do. We we are plotting slowly um, what what is going to happen in the future. We had the great good fortune uh, last year of a, a group. You won't believe this from Thibodeau. Hello. <laughs> called the Haiti Mission Works. They are a group that has been building water wells in Ghana for a long time. And according to Ghanaian tradition, when someone has done something, a good work, to help the people, they dedicate it to someone else who has done the good work. And so a brand new water well, flowing water, which is a huge thing. A huge project that meant drilling the borehole, finding the water, building the well, getting it pumping, was done by these people and um, 
we were chosen to be who this well is dedicated to. There's a plaque on the side of it that says, to Sister Elizabeth from Orthopedic Training Center and BLN oh, wow. Dutch Meyer at Yeko and M. And if we are able to go in a few months over for the dedication of that, we hope to then do a email fundraising campaign to get people to to understand what it takes for us to do this work and to continue to connect with the best people imaginable. And, and we've just now just named three right here in Louisiana. Yeah. Well, I have to ask, so, so Dutch mentioned last week that, you know, he, really evil he'd seen seen so much evil and uh and and i asked the question does that does that motivate you you know to to do good i guess and my question to like this is a holy spirit driven show like tell me how the holy spirit moves in y'all's life do you, do you feel like you you see that absolutely see it uh every day there is we cannot have someone bring a child who will not live if they don't get our help and turn them away because of money. So we are driven to do whatever we need to do while physically being there helping each child to get up and move. I'll, I'll tell you a st one story that is really lovely. We had a little boy about four years ago um, who we noticed sitting outside the gate of OTC on a, a Saturday morning all alone. And he could not walk. He couldn't talk. It was clear that he had was probably born with cerebral palsy, but we had no idea of who he was. And he at the, was by the but he was clean. His skin didn't have any problems on it. So we knew that someone loved him very much, but they feared that he might be hurt. So they left him there. We didn't. We named him Abraham. We had no idea what his name was. We think he might be about 12 years old now, but he's been unable to walk until about two weeks ago. And I received a videotape of Abraham standing up on his own, walking about 10 steps. It wasn't pretty, but he was walking straight up. And that was because of the work of the Sisters of Notre Dame who work at the center. And one sister took Abraham on as a challenge and worked with him every single day and we are now seeing him spelling out words by moving legos with his toes that have letters on them wow that's wow. the that's the story of what can be done and if you're not moved by that and to realize that every child is a gift from god then you will you would just have to understand that both the orthopedic training center and sister elizabeth and dutch and i yako and m we need so many people to help us because the the need is huge and most all the problems could be made better if there was not so much poverty okay and she says yeko i am fast but it's y-e-k-o-a-n-i-m and how do we there's a way to give yes yeah. and that you can give online on on facebook at yeko and m there's an online mechanism it's a secure connection to paypal and then we also have a mailing address, which you will find when you go on and read on the on the Facebook page. It's right there because lots of you know I know there are people who are online donors, and then there are people who are um, who like to do it by mail. And we have a person picking that up 
and depositing it, and then I can always get all the confirmation letters should you need that for the IRS. Y-E-K-A-N-I-M. I feel like Dutch wants to jump in here, so I'm going I'm to let oh. him have that opportunity. Oh, he was looking at, they have a beautiful brochure with some of the children. Yeah, these are beautiful children. This little girl here passed away. Mm-hmm. Her mother was very young. Her mother was like 16 or 17. Yeah. You know, when you grow up in, in Ghana, especially in small villages, a lot of times it's you live in one room, the mother, the father, and all the children. So it, it's, 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 it's a complicated thing. And there's a lot of young girls that have children. And we have to educate better. We have to, we have to help. And I, I, I don't know other than that. We have to respect their culture. We have to respect the people. And we have to, when you go, one thing I learned is when you go on, on missions to different countries, don't go with that, I know all the answer things. It's the, the main part about all of it I learned is to listen to what the people have to say. They'll tell you everything. And if you just let them go it their way, because our way is not always the right way culturally, and it's, sometimes it's the wrong way. <laughs> I just can't help but, you know, I think the theme for me of this entire interview has been has been they, they haven't even talked any much about the Bible and and what we all out there do. We're, we're sitting there doing all that we can to see if we can be holy and, and, and preach the gospel and, and, and tell others what they're doing wrong. And these guys are just doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I have to ask the question, uh, you know, is it what? How is your religion, how is your faith life mixed into what you do? Because it seems like you just do it. I I believe that for us it's a spiritual grounding. We believe believe and accept and embrace people of all cultures and all religions. And we also um, keep ourselves connected uh, to the earth in a a way that, that... brings us a spiritual peace and this work is what brings us a spiritual peace and that's the satisfaction that that we are after and we consider ourselves um completely ecumenical i love it and and finally just an end uh we're coming to the end of the show what what can people of acadiana do uh and give give them some advice or support or what, what can we do to help we can the the help we need is um it's twofold. You can you can always contact us and find out if there is a specific child that that needs help. But we are very very dedicated to education. If we can get a child educated, if we can even if they have two prosthetic limbs, we can um, we can get garner the money for them to go through a decent school, learn well go on to college, then the success, um, it, would, it changes everything for them. So um, we keep our, our focus narrow. First, we try to get the kids up and walking, up and learning, up and doing, and then we need a lot of help with trying to get them educated. And BL, if, if some of the residents want to go to Ghana, they could do that? They absolutely yes. can go to this. You need right. to contact us. You can contact us. If, um, How about come to St. Joseph's Diner and serve some food that's right next to them? Right now, Whoa, come that. down to St. Joe's. We're and we we work the the very very least favorite, which is the 6:30 a.m. Oh, breakfast wow. shift. 
but you can there's three shifts a day and there's weekend shifts a group can come people can come on their own and it's very simple you go online yeah. it tells where they where they've got a hole in the schedule i did that yesterday signed us up for four shifts um, and I looked at where do they have the least help. God bless you both. Uh, listen, if you want to engage the Cajun Catholic and you, go go up next to them. Get on a, a plane to Ghana and make it happen. And uh, God bless you both for what you do. I love you guys, and I, and I hope that uh, know that you'll be in my prayers. Thank you very, Thank much, you very much, Todd. Much, we really, really appreciated being on the show. All right. Again, until next time, God bless.